Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. For more than 30 years, the Ray Kingsmith Bondspiel in Alberta has awarded scholarships to high school kids and U18 curlers. In this episode, I speak with two guests who have close connections with this event, Andy Jones and Marlene Kingsmith. The Ray Kingsmith Memorial Bondspiel is held every December in Alberta. The Bondspiel is one of the oldest, most prestigious junior Bondspiels in the country, with arguably the biggest prize purse. In today's episode, I speak with Andy Jones and Marlene Kingsmith. We talk about the history of the Bondspiel, the life of its namesake, and why the prize money doubled at the most recent Bondspiel in December 2021. I start this episode with Andy Jones, facilitator of the Calgary Youth Curling Association. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Andy, I wanted to ask you about the Ray Kingsmith Memorial Bond Spiel. And for those of our listeners who might not be familiar with the event, could you just give us a brief summary of the event? Uh, when is it usually held? Where is it usually held? And, and some of the details about the Bond Spiel. Well, the, the Ray Kingsmith Bond Spiel was uh, started by Ray's friends and family shortly after he died in 1988. Their plan was to have a high school Bond Spiel with uh, four $1,000 scholarships for the winning teams. And uh, they, so they did fundraising for that. And so the first one was in 1989. And for many years, it was at the Calgary Winter Club. And for the last number of years, we've moved out to the Airdrie Curling Club. And uh, it runs every year from December 28th to 30th. So it's not necessarily on a weekend, but it's that week be- between uh, Christmas and New Year's when nobody knows what day it is anyway. So it works rather well. So this year, for example, it was uh, Tuesday to Thursday, proven to be very popular, obviously, with the uh, with the big prizes and whatnot. And of course, this year we had a big bump up in the in the scholarships. So that was uh, that was an exciting development. And we we never have any problems attracting teams to it. Uh, just for uh, for the sake of uh, our listeners, how, how many teams participated in the last one? I believe it was just a month ago. Am, am I right? That's right. It was uh, almost exactly a month ago. Um, there were 11 girls teams and eight boys teams, uh, which is uh, a lot of the U- U18 teams that are in the province of Alberta. Um, not all of them, but a very large majority of them made for some tricky scheduling with the 11 girls teams, but we did it. Um, we, but back in back in the, the heyday, back when the junior curling was such a big thing, it wasn't unusual to have between 30 and 40 teams uh, on the boys' side and, you know, another 20 on the girls' side. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a big event, and it's been going on for 30-plus years, I believe. Right. I guess that, that's, what, that's one of the things that makes this particular bond spiel unique, that uh, there are scholarships awarded to the winners. Could you, could you, get, could you uh, uh, go into a little bit more about that, the scholarships that the winners win? Yes, so um, and at the beginning, it was a high school bond spiel, 
So you had to be in high school. But now with Curling Canada bringing out the U18 age group, we've adjusted that to be U18 teams because there are a lot of U18 curlers that are no longer in high school or already starting their first year or post-secondary. So uh, we adjusted that with the, with the blessing of Marlene Kingsmith. Obviously, we want to put it past by her first. So anyway, the, the uh, Kingsmith crew would uh, have a golf tournament every year to raise the money for these scholarships. Uh, and they kept that up right up until 2005 when um, they were, to be honest, the guys that ran it were getting a little older. I could see it and it was getting to be a bit much for them. And that's when the Calgary Youth Curling Association stepped in and we we fund those scholarships um, with money from our casinos that we run. Well, we don't run the casinos, but we work at. And uh, now Marlene Kingsmith has uh, added uh, an extra $1,000 to each of those scholarships every year going forward. Andy, could you tell me how you first got involved with the bond spiel? Well, my, my kids are curlers. And my oldest son, when he was 12 years old, was asked to join a team that that was playing in this so we had no idea what it was all about and when we got there we were just kind of overwhelmed with the whole atmosphere of a really really big bond spiel and also uh we had, there's an opening ceremony with a piper and and you know just kind of a big deal and it really caught my attention and you could just feel the electricity in the building when these games started everybody was was excited about the possibilities as you start I think you feel that way at every bond spiel, but this one's really a big deal. Um, and from there, I uh, ended up, uh, I actually coached that team such as it was. We didn't do very well. We three and out. But from there, my I coached my son through it. And then uh, after they had graduated from uh, junior curling, I filled in for a couple of coaches here and there. And now I'm back as a coach again. But I've also been uh, an organizer. I worked at the Calgary Winter Club for a number of years, and uh, I was the guy that looked after the Kingsmiths. So I've kind of had all kinds of hats. Now I'm the facilitator for the Calgary Youth Curling Association. So I do all the CYCA stuff beforehand and, and set the, the the whole lawn spiel up so that once the teams get there, it just kind of runs itself. And if I remember correctly from a previous conversation, at least one of your sons had some had had success, <laughs> quite quite a bit of success at the event. Yeah, uh, my older son he won a B event once, but uh, but my younger son won the field twice in '05 and '06. So that was pretty exciting for him. He was quite happy to get that money. Right, and and you as you've mentioned, you you were as recently as this bond spiel, you were coaching a team. Yes, I've, I've actually been coaching again the last three bond spiels, coaching teams of my own. As you've mentioned, that you are the facilitator for the Calgary Youth Curling Association, and you're the facilitator? That's right. Tell me a little more about this organization. Uh, uh, I believe there are other similar organizations in other cities and, and regions, but uh, what, what specifically is the CYCA? And how long has it been around? Uh, yeah, and what is its mission? So way back in the 90s, back in the olden days, a group of very smart, forward-thinking people decided that junior curlers needed something for themselves. So they put together this organization, and the initial idea was that we're going to run a league for, for these young teams that, you know, they at that time, the only bond spiels were U21 bond spiels. 
for the most part. So for like a group of uh, 14 year olds, that was pretty daunting. So they decided to set up a league for these younger curlers so they could develop. So it's primarily developmental. And from there, we picked up a bunch of uh, other other um, events that other people had been running and all of a sudden they came under the CYCA umbrella. So we have, for example, a jam can spiel. Um, we have a friends and family bond spiel. We do all kinds of little things. We run a development camp in the fall and uh, it's all about developmental curling. It's not about high performance. It's just, let's get some kids out there playing and uh, make them realize that it's really fun to play on a team. Uh, uh, you know, this is more for the kids as they're coming out of the junior programs in the clubs. So it gives them somewhere to go. Oh, Andy, speaking of clubs, uh, I'm not super familiar with the landscape of curling in Calgary. Could you just give us a brief overview? How many clubs are we talking about? Maybe how many clubs are in the uh, are represented in the CYCA? How many kids are playing in these leagues? Yeah, so we have uh, 14 curling clubs in the immediate Calgary area. So that includes some of the, the suburbs like you know, Airdrie and Springbank and Okotoks and Indus and Strathmore, all, all around there. They're all, you know, I mean, Calgary's a big city, so even if you have to go to town, it's really not much different than going across town. Um, so there's 14 different clubs that um, have representation on our board if they want it. And uh, we play in a lot of the different curling clubs. Most of the junior programs are run out of the, out of, each club runs their own. Um, it's been a little hit and miss the last couple of years for obvious reasons. Um, but uh you know, everyone's trying to run their programs and, and we recruit from there. So we've gone from um, a high of uh, probably 30 some teams. Uh, this year we're down to probably uh, 12 to 14, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and that, uh, no, no doubt the pandemic had something to do with that, but also the fact that we, we now have a U15 provincial championship in Alberta. And so some of the teams will go to U15 bonds fields rather than play in our Sunday league. Um, and it's totally understandable. So we're kind of now starting to um, talk about U12 curling as being maybe our focus. Oh, wow. I, I'd love to hear a little more about that. I, I, I am a Little Rocks uh, program organizer myself. So uh, can you give a few more details about that? Well, it, it's... Uh, really a matter of finding kids that that want a little more than what they're getting in their clubs and so we do we actively recruit we talk to the clubs and they and we're pretty well known at this point so if you walk into a club and you say the you know our initial cyca they know exactly who you're talking about and they're always looking at their their young curlers and going well maybe these guys are ready to move up and give it a shot um I know I've been to the Northwest Territories a couple of times and they're doing a great job with their U12 programs there. Andy, I, I guess this is the time to ask you too. I, it, well, it sounds like you are running your Sunday league this year, correct? We are. Okay. Uh, for, for those people who are running youth programs across the country and, and beyond, uh, of course, we're in the middle, we're still in this pandemic. Could you give us a, an idea of the types of uh, COVID considerations you've had to? Uh, address any I, I'm leaving this kind of open-ended because things could change but uh, in terms of masking vaccinations uh, in in your organization's case maybe even for the Sunday League specifically what, what do kids need to do or, or parents need to do to to have them participate 
we follow the government of Alberta rules. So uh, the official rules are uh, over 18, you can't enter the club um, without being vaccinated. Um, in the city though, the city of Calgary has their own bylaw, which is uh, 12 and up. So if you are, even if you are in CYCA, you have to be vaccinated if you're playing in a city club. But if you're playing in some of the outlying areas, um, you can actually go into the club without being vaccinated. Um, I think most of the kids are, but I can't speak for sure. Um, masking is required in the club, but again, Alberta guidelines say you don't have to wear a mask when you're on the ice, for better or worse. Uh, some teams do mask anyway. Um, there's also gathering limits inside the lounges at the curling club. And uh, certainly at the Kingsmith, we tried to really, really clamp down on the number of people in the building. Uh, we weren't always successful, but uh, it, it was one of those considerations because we're, you know, we're, we were as worried as anybody about having a huge outbreak. Right. So I guess parents, well, you could speak to the bond spiel or the Sunday league or, or any other youth curling. Were parents allowed in the building to, to, to be an audience? Yes. Uh, so Sunday league, um, we, they're younger kids, so they kind of are there right from the beginning with the Kingsmith. We tried to convince them to stay outside until the kids were actually on the ice just so we wouldn't have as much congestion. And most of the parents were pretty good about that. There were obviously the ones that are doing the, uh, the live streams were in there setting up their equipment and whatnot. But, but uh, for the most part, the parents were, were very uh, cooperative. Andy, I, I want to take a, a turn back to the bond spiel, the Ray Kingsmith Memorial bond spiel. For those listeners who aren't familiar with Ray Kingsmith, could you tell us a little bit about him? Uh, well, I love this because Marlene, every year at the, at the opening ceremonies, will talk about her dad a little bit. And he was a guy who just loved curling. Um, and according to her, this is not me talking, according to her, um, he wasn't very good, but he just loved <laughs> um, But he was very heavily involved in taking curling international. Um, 1988 Olympics here in Calgary, um, he was one of the main people that got it in there as a demonstration sport and there, that was the uh, that was held at the max bell arena here in calgary during the olympics and uh we got a, i think a gold and a silver in the demonstration sport if memory serves and uh anyway but he never lived to see that unfortunately and of course by 1998 it was a full medal sport at the olympics so he's very big on uh, on getting us there in the first place um, and he's, he was always interested in maybe seeing curling grow and spreading it across the world. And, uh, you know, he, it's a, it's a kind of an honor to be playing in a bond spiel with his name on it. Well, I, I'll add to this to the, uh, to the list. He was also a, uh, I believe he was the chair of the Canadian Curling Association in the mid or early eighties. So he, he was a, uh, our high-ranking executive at multiple levels of curling uh, uh, and was a key member or a key person to get curling into the Calgary Winter Olympics in 88. I believe he was also the chair of that curling program. So I just want to uh, add to that. Um, yeah, he was a pretty incredible guy. For sure. And, and as for his bond spiel, uh, uh, what, what, what makes this bond spiel special, Andy? It's been going on for 30-plus years. I guess that's a question as well. Like, why has it lasted so long? Well, obviously the scholarships are huge because all these guys are planning to go to school later on and 
a little extra money is never going to hurt. But and I think the time of year, as much as anything, has a lot to do with it. Um, that that week between Christmas and New Year's is a great time to kick back and have some fun. But it's it's a it's an interesting atmosphere. Like we try to really do it up big, um, it, so it's not just a regular bond spiel, and, and that's where the opening ceremony comes in, where where you know the kids get piped out on the ice, and if you've never been piped out on the ice, it's a really exciting thing the first few times you've had it done. So for them to to experience that, and uh, I think that's one of the huge huge things. Back in the day when we had a lot more teams, we would have a lot more teams playing on the last day because we have multiple events running we used to have a closing ceremony as well but now typically we just have the two finals going on the last last uh, draw so it's not as big a deal in terms of a closing ceremony but at the same time we have the big um, souvenir check that you can stand in front of and you know saying that you've won eight thousand uh, dollars kind of like all the big sports do so it's uh, you know, and we just try to make it something really, really special. Could you give the story about what happened this year when, in regards to the scholarships and, and why uh, why the increase? It's, it's, it's a fun story that you told me previously. Yeah, it, it was uh, very, very exciting. So I curl out of the Calgary Curling Club and I wandered in there on a, I think it was a Tuesday morning. Or no, it must have, no, it couldn't have been Tuesday. It must have been a Monday because Marlene Kingsmith curls there. And everyone, there's a buzz in the, in the curling club. And it's like, what's going on? Something big has happened here. And uh, what it was, was Marlene had won $1.3 million in a, in a lottery. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and she came out of the room. And the first thing I asked her was, will you adopt me? Uh, spoiler alert. She didn't. <laughs> but it's, the first thing she said to me was actually, you know what? From here on in, I'm going to add an extra extra money to an extra thousand dollars each of those scholarships going forward. That was her first thought of her 1.3 million dollars, which you know just blew me away because I'm pretty sure that's not the first thing I think of. But <laughs> uh, I, I had the, the chance to read an article online about the uh, the winning team, and uh, what what is. Uh, the visual is what struck me. It's literally the winning team holding their, you know, their big check, the, the display check, and the, the the amounts are crossed off and doubled. So instead of four thousand, it's eight thousand, and then written, it's not the number four, it's the number eight. So I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, we decided to do that just so that for our records now we know exactly what year uh, the, the scholarships were doubled. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you'll forget something like that. And and that was an amazing display of generosity from Marlene. Um, yeah. Uh, well, Andy, thanks so much for joining me today and, and talking a bit about the the, the the Ray Kingsmith, the Kingsmith, and and the CYCA. I, I guess I'd just like to ask a general question about the bond spiel itself. In your in your words, what, what's the purpose of this bond spiel? Is there like a mission, a goal, a vision for this particular event? I would say, you know, when you look at the, the concept behind it, I think it was to encourage curlers to also get an education, which is just smart because you're never going to get rich in this game, uh, at least not in the foreseeable future. And I think, um, I don't know, I, I think it's just that these guys wanted to see curling continue to grow and they wanted to encourage young people to be curlers. Um, 
and uh, you know, and they tried to make it a, as big a deal as possible. Like we, when, when my son first played in this thing, it was 10 end games. Um, coaches were permitted, but you didn't get timeouts. It was kind of old school curling, and then we've kind of grown with the game now. But I think that's that's the whole concept was, you know, curlers need to be students too. Yeah, that's a great way to great way to summarize that, Andy. Thank you. Actually, I, I lied. This might that was the penultimate question. I guess this is the last one. I just like to ask. I just like to ask people from different parts of the country. Of course, again, we're still in the pandemic. Uh, you said you were a member of the Calgary Curling Club. Am I getting that right? That's right. Uh, what's the status of curling at the club? Are are there leagues running? Or it sounds like there are. Yeah, we've been uh, running the entire year. We haven't had to have a shutdown yet. Uh, for better, again, for better, for worse. I don't know if that's smart or not, but uh, hasn't been uh, too many problems for sure. Our numbers are definitely down. There are some people that you know don't feel comfortable being there, and I don't blame them. It's uh, you know it's it's that's you know it's a pandemic. What can you say? Right. Uh, but but the club uh, club is still busy. Um, you know we're having to be creative on on how we uh, we put things out there, but, uh, you know, I can go down there and book some ice and practice most days and, uh, play in my leagues. And, and, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, I think everyone is very cognizant that you've got to be careful out there. Right. Would you happen to know the status of the junior program? Um, it's not as big as, uh, it has been in the past, uh, which is unfortunate, but again, understandable, um, because you look at, Parents putting kids into programs now. At least now they can get vaccinated. But um, there's so many that you would start the program, whatever, whether it was curling or hockey or whatever. And next thing you know, it's shut down, and you, you know, you can't. You've wasted your time or money or whatever, and then you have to figure out what to do. So, uh, totally understandable. I'm kind of glad my kids are adults now, and I don't have to deal with that. Okay. Well, thank you, Andy. Uh, before I let you go, if people are interested about the Kingsmith, the, the Ray Kingsmith Memorial Bondspiel, uh, the CYCA, the Calgary Youth Curling Association, uh, and they want more information or they just want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? So our website address is very simple, cyca.ca. And our email address, which I'm, I monitor, is curl at cyca.ca. Perfect. I'll make sure that's in our show notes. Uh, Andy, thank you for joining me tonight. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you. So that was my interview with Andy Jones. Now, here's my conversation with Marlene Kingsmith. Marlene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about your dad. There's a pretty famous junior bond spiel out West called the Ray Kingsmith Memorial bond spiel. And I wanted to ask you more about him uh, as a person, as a curler, as a dad. So I guess I'll start there. Uh, Could you tell me about your dad? Where was he from and and what was he like as a dad? Okay. He was, uh, my dad was from small town, Alberta, Queenstown. Can't find it anymore because it's not really there. <laughs> Just uh, east of High River, um, very small town, big family, three brothers, two sisters. Um, 
And, you know, he was raised in that in that area. And um, when he got a little older, he moved to Calgary. His dad worked for Kaminko and my dad got a part time job working with them. And um, and then he met my mom and and started having children. Um, he was a wonderful father. He was a wonderful human. He um, was the kind of guy who appreciated everything he was given. And so he worked really hard to give back. So, and he also worked really hard to give us things that he never had the privilege of having when he was young because they were too poor. Music lessons, skating lessons, baseball, all those kinds of things that he literally went out on the weekends and helped build (laughs) um, garages for people. He was very meticulous in everything he did and he learned how to do, build most things by himself. He built our whole beautiful backyard in the house I grew up in. And and he was um, just really a nice guy um, and and a good good provider. My mom was the disciplinarian. She's the one who looked after us during the day while my dad worked so hard. But she also was a teacher. After my sister started school, my mom went back to work. But between the two of them, they were always, um, I wouldn't say hard on us, but they were clear about the rules and, uh, but also um, very much loving in the process. You didn't want to screw up in front of them because you had a lot of respect. We had a lot of respect for our parents. If I remember correctly, Marlene, you're one of four siblings. Yes. I have an older brother and a younger brother and uh, we lost our sister seven years ago to cancer. I think you hinted at it a bit, but uh, your dad was, uh, sorry, your dad loved sports, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, he played baseball um, as a, you know, as a kid and and baseball, and he was actually an umpire for the um, fastball league in, in, um, in Calgary. And then he and Jack Setters were actually responsible for starting the Southwest Little League Baseball Association because they needed another association because there wasn't enough in place. There were more kids wanting to play than there was organized um, league. So he and Jack Center started that. And then he was named coach of the year and took a little league baseball team called the Dodgers to um, Expo in 67. Wow. So they made the trip all the way out to Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And my little brother was, was on the team. So that was pretty exciting too. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Even well back yeah. then, for sure. Um, but, but the sport he loved more than anything was, of course, was curling, and that was he was he and his brothers went curled at the Calgary Club every Friday night. That was his time away, um, and and he was never a competitive curler. He never curled competitively. He went in bond spills and stuff, and won you know things here and there. But more, he just loved he loved the game, and the more he curled, the more he more he loved it. And, um, and that's when he started to get involved in the um, organizational side of, of curling and became the president of the Calgary Curling Club. And uh, from there, when he met, uh, and he used to actually do broadcasting for the radio stations to the world championships. He would travel over there and do, do radio broadcasts for, for them. And he met, that's how he course you know got even more involved and fell in love more with the game uh seeing it from a world perspective right and that was when he and warren hansen met 
and uh, decided that this was a game that deserved to be an Olympic sport. And uh, to that end, they worked both of them tirelessly to to see that happen. There's a wonderful uh, documentary that Warren Hansen did. It's called Sticks and Stones, The Battle for the Soul of Curling. And he just published a book that I just got a copy of, and it's called Sticks and Stones, The, the Journey um, for curling to the Olympics, something like that. I can't remember the exact name, but, right. but it's, you know, and he, and he talks about my dad as being, you know, certainly instrumental in the work that they did. And then my dad was the chair for curling in 88 in Calgary at the Olympics. And unfortunately that's when he got sick. Um, and so the Olympics were over in February and he passed away in May. But the legacy, <laughs> the legacy lives on because of all of the wonderful people who, who carried on the, the legacy. And um, so it was his group of very good friends who organized the first memorial golf tournament in High River, where he was a member. And the whole idea of that was to raise money to start a junior and high school um, bond spill to be played in, in December. So the, that was the money, the money that was raised for that. And I honestly can't remember who sponsored the first bond spiel for the money, but there's always been a thousand dollar scholarship available to the boys team and the girls teams that win. Right. It, I, know the booster clubs, I know the booster club supported it at one point. I know his company, uh, Kaminko supported it at one point. And, and then I can't remember when the Calgary Youth Curling Association took over. That was quite a few years ago. Um, they, they're the ones that provide the, the money, the scholarship money. And then, of course, I just added to it right. this year. Did you know about that? <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, if okay. it's okay. No, that's great, Marlene. Uh, I, I wanted to actually go back a bit in time and, and ask you a little, even from the beginning, like, your dad, of course, he was involved with all these sports. What, what was it about curling specifically, though, that that caught his fancy? That's a good question. I have, I, I really don't know. I mean, it wasn't anything we talked about much at at home. Like, I never started curling till I was away from home and and um, out of university. It wasn't our game. None of us curled. Oh wow. Okay. No, none of us. No, none of us curled. That was his thing, and he. I don't know whether he purposely you know, kept it that way, but it was something that that was his thing to do. He took us to watch him when we were kids and we thought it was really boring. So, <laughs> we, you know, we didn't really carry on with that tradition, but when he, so, and his, like I said, he curled with his three brothers and they were very close. Um, and, you know, so <clears throat> that was, like I said, that was his thing um, to do away from the family and just on his own because he and so how he grew to love it I really don't know well of course he took on many different roles in in the sport uh, from yeah. mostly from an administration executive side exactly he was the builder you know people ask me sometimes so how how good of a curler was your dad and I said not that good <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 but he, he was probably about as good as me you know like I can I can curl and I love the game but I you know, I'm not very good at I mean, I'm not great at it. My dad took me to Switzerland in 1974 for the Air Canada Silver Broom. And that's when I fell in love with the game. What do you remember from that trip? Oh, God. Just um, just 
how remarkable the people were, how friendly everybody was, how excited they got. And of course, in those days, it was the, you know, the old, the old brooms that made a hell of a racket, <laughs> you know, so you got excited. And I mean, it was Hector Bay who was representing Canada and he's up there smoking on the ice. And, <laughs> you know, it was, it was quite the, the deal, but you know, it was the, the way they celebrate the athletes, the opening banquet, the closing banquet, it was so beautiful. Like it was just really well done and they really celebrate the athletes and, and really spoil them. Right. And I go, and my dad was a very social man. He loved people, loved being around people. He became a very um, amazing um, a public speaker, was invited to lots and lots of places. And he told great jokes because he was fun. He loved to laugh. He loved to have a good time. And he liked to have the occasional cocktail. And uh, <laughs> the favorite expression that we had is on the, on one of the logos for the for the golf tournament was perhaps just the one. And that was what, if somebody said, Ray, would you like a drink? And you go, well, perhaps just the one. <laughs> and that became the, you know, the whole, that's what everybody says when they think about him. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but that's Switzerland. That was, I mean, amazing for me. We had so much fun together. Um, I mean, he was busy most of the time, but I got to go to every game and, just watch the, you know, the spectators and the curling. And it was, so when I came home, I actually moved away for a couple of years and then I came back and that's when I started to curl myself. Were you at the Calgary Olympics? What, if you were, what was it yes. like? Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, it was very exciting. I mean, mostly I, I was volunteering. So I just, uh, you know, was in the arena. I got to watch some of the games. Um, I mean, because I don't know if you remember, there was a lot of controversy because half the seats were empty, right? But there was because people, I don't know, big companies bought up a lot of seats and then never let them go. Oh. So it didn't look like there was very many people there, but, and there wasn't, but, um, but the games were amazing. But mostly I just did, you know, whatever little jobs my dad wanted me to help him with. And I knew he wasn't feeling very good. Well, your dad was also, I, I, this is maybe a bit of a tangent, but your your dad was also mm -hmm. a supporter of women's curling. Oh, totally. Uh, totally. Right. right. Uh, totally. He was involved with the Autumn Gold Bonspiel? Yes. You know, he was, he was, the, he was the, the, um, the, the speaker, right? The right. MC of that, for that Bonspiel for years and years and years. And yeah, he loved the women and they loved him. And uh, he was just, you know, joke around and, and he was just a really funny person to have around and he made them all feel important. So that's why when he passed away, they started the, the Autumn Gold Memorial, Breaking Smith Memorial Award. And that one presented to women who work behind the scenes to build the sport, because that's what he did. So this one was awarded to, you know, well, Cheryl Bernard won it. Um, I mean, just about everybody who ever curled at the Calgary Cup, the women who won championships, Susan Seitz, and um, I can't, you know, begin to tell you how many. We just ended it three years ago um, because it's been, you know, was like 30 years. And the young girls coming up, they don't know who my dad was. And we weren't getting any nominations because people didn't really know the award. And I thought, you know, Everybody who should have won this award has won it. The women who curled in the in the in the autumn gold, who worked, I mean, worked in the autumn gold for 30 years, 
um, they all won it. So it was time to put an end to it. So I made a book of all the winners and we had a little kind of like a reunion and everybody came back and we had a wonderful evening. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the picture's up in the Calgary club of everybody who's won it and, and uh, the award itself is there on the wall. And yeah. So okay. yeah, they, they really appreciated my dad, the women, and he really supported um, like I said, he wanted young kids and, and more uh, attention paid to the women curlers because really it was a men's game for a long time. Well, getting to the youth part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So after your dad passed, I guess your family, your, his friends decided to uh, organize this junior bond spiel in his name. I, I, I mm-hmm. wanted to ask why a junior bond spiel? Well, because he really thought that, that the young kids needed an opportunity to um, to compete, you know, to get better. And there were there were not a lot of opportunities like that around 32 years ago. So that was the key. You know, he, like you said, he really wanted um, <clears throat> people to pay attention to getting kids starting earlier. And uh, so now, there, I mean, there's so many little rock programs everywhere now, right? Mm-hmm. But back then, there wasn't very much. And that was the focus. That's why he, well, you know, his friends knew that he wanted more emphasis put on uh, kids starting curling early, become our Olympians. This bond spiel has grown to be one of the more prestigious bond spiels, I would say, in the country for juniors, not Mm -hmm. the least of which is because of the the prize money. It's arguably the most prize money of uh, any bond spiel, not just junior ones. Yeah, could you tell me what what makes this bond spiel special? I mean, the prize money is a is considered scholarship money, correct? Yeah, they have to. They only can use it for post secondary education. Ah, okay. They have so by the time they they graduate from high school, they have five years to use the money towards um, scholarships. Um, you know, for post secondary college, you know, SAIT, NATE, whatever, wherever they want to go, university doesn't matter as long as it's post-secondary, whatever they're, they're into. And I think um, I have a record of all of the winners and I think I could be wrong, but I think there's only been in the, all of these years, two that never claimed the money. Okay. And I, wow. you know, and I love getting the email saying, here's my proof of registration. Can you send me some money? And I go, yes. <laughs> and I send the, you know, I send that to the Calgary Youth Curling Association. They do the check, send it to me, and then I get to send it to the to the young person, which is wonderful. Well, what else makes this bond spiel special? I think the people who who organize it, and also the parents. The parents are so involved in in this and so supportive of the kids, and 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 the, so that makes you know when you've got that kind of support from your parents and, and from the community, it just makes it that much more fun. And then of course, you know, you get all these young people together and some of the same kids come back and forth years after year. Some of them like literally start in junior high, like in grade seven and play every year till they're finished grade high school. So they get to know each other. And um, I'll tell you the first few years when we used to give out t-shirts to all of them, mm-hmm. have these little guys out there and the t-shirt would come down to the floor. <laughs> they were so little, these guys, you know. Right. But, you know, and even uh, my niece actually curled in it one year. 
when she was, well, I think she was in grade seven or eight. Now she's got two little ones who are just started curling her little six-year-old son. And she's like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm working on him so that he can go into the ray one, one of these days, Ah, which would be very cool. And well, I'll tell you something happened a couple of years ago. We used to run this event at, uh, and for the first few years too, we would go out and buy prizes and we would, um, you know, have a banquet for the kids and giveaways, giveaways and stuff like that. But there's not a lot of money, you know, in it. And, um, and so after a while, and we had pins too for everybody, but after a while it just became um, too, it was just really getting complicated to um, every year go out and buy and um, get, you know, giveaways and stuff. And then things got more expensive, of course, as you go to put on a banquet, the cost of that kind of stuff. So we just kind of narrowed it down to just the curling and they do a luncheon for the kids. But a few years ago, they, the, the, the Bill used to be held at the, at the winter club, the Calgary winter club. And the, uh, something went wrong with the equipment and the ice, um, melted. Oh, halfway through, you know, but here's what happened. One of the organizers, uh, or one of the parents, I can't even remember is a member of the Airdrie curling club called up Airdrie. Everybody who worked at the Airdrie curling club came out from home <laughs> and they opened up the, the, the kitchen and they opened up the rinks, and we took all the kids there and finished the Bonspiel there. Oh, wow. And that was really something, and we've been doing it there ever since because the community of Airdrie has just been amazing um, in helping us. And I but, believe... You know, helping, helping run the whole thing, yeah. Right, and I believe that's where it was last December, just like yes. what, two months yeah. ago. It, yeah. Well, speaking of that event, uh, the, the prize money was doubled uh, for the first time uh, and of course you had a huge part in that. I, I guess I'm leading you here, but mm -hmm. I, I, please share the story. Well, it was one of those absolutely amazing things, but I won a million dollars in a home a hospital lottery, 50, 50 draw. So I have a little bit of extra money to share. And one of the first things I said was that I'm going to double their scholarship. So that was really fun. Um, cause I didn't tell anybody. Um, I told Andy, but I told him, you can't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> so, so and he said that was the hardest secret he's ever had to keep. <laughs> and uh, so we went to the bond spiel and I always do the opening speech and, you know, tell little stories about my dad. And then I said, and so something wonderful happened to me like two weeks before the bond spiel. I said, and so my whole, I, I believe very much in, you know, paying it forward. And so I said, I'm going to double this scholarship and give you, you know, another $8,000 wow. and I'm going to do it every year. So now one of the mothers whose son actually won the Bonspiel this year, she lives in Cochrane and she wrote an article for the Cochrane news about it, which was pretty cool. And uh, one of my friends saw it and, and sent it to me. So it's a really nice article. And the other, the other thing that's so wonderful is, well, a couple of years ago, I got a message um, these kids are pretty wonderful and they I always get a you know a thank you from them after they've you know got the scholarship and but the one that I got a couple years ago from Hope um, she it was just so beautifully said about how much it has helped her so I called her and asked her to actually come and and be part of the opening ceremony with me and tell those kids what that money meant to her wow okay yeah. That and that was very, very cool. And then 
just, you know, just after this one, I got a beautiful letter from a mother who her sister won the very first bond spiel. She won the second bond spiel. <laughs> okay. Now in her forties and has three, you know, what'd she say? Two or three kids that are curling and, and in the bond spiel. Right. Oh, wow. And uh, so it's just, you know, it's just, um, it's really just snowballed into something quite wonderful. Well, I mean, it's been around for more than 30 years now. So. Yeah. Yeah, and just over almost half a million dollars in scholarships that we've given out. Wow. So wow. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, Marlene, thank you. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, I, I did have one question. It's a bit of a – it's a hypothetical, but I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. want to know your answer to it. So indulge mm-hmm. me a bit here. If if your dad could be here to see mm-hmm. the Bonspiel named after him mm-hmm. – what do you think he would say, or what would you, what do you think he would think about it? I think he would think it's pretty amazing. We often um, think about what he would be like now because he'd be in his nineties, right? Ah, okay. And he'd probably be a pretty stubborn old guy. Well, he is a pretty stubborn old guy. <laughs> this is a pretty <laughs> stubborn young guy, pretty determined, you know. But I think he would just be honored beyond measure. That, that this would happen for him. In fact, I'm pretty sure he, he's been watching us all these years anyway, saying, well, you guys are doing a good job here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I need to say thank you. Oh, no, thank you, Marlene. Uh, yeah. Well, this is a bit of uh, a tangent to this as well, but uh, what would you think about all the Olympic curling that's going on right now? Oh, you know, I'll tell you, here's another story that is, is um, pretty amazing. So 2010, right? Yes. When uh, when we did so amazing, mm-hmm. you know, with Cheryl and Kevin. Yep. And right after that, um, event, I got a call from the Canadian cur- president of the Canadian Curling Association, and he said that they had a meeting, a World Curling Federation, and we're you know after the 2010 Olympics, and and they and the conversation was around who is somebody who who kind of made this possible, and they said it was Ray King Smith, and so they honored him. So my brothers and sister and I got to go to the 2011 World Curling Championships in Regina, and they presented us with the Freytag Award, which is the highest honor in world curling. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's what it did. Like, you know, he would have just been beside himself (laughs) (laughs) because he knew that, like he knew it was going to be this great. Right. And he was right. And Warren Hansen was right too. Okay, well, that was pretty good. And I'll tell you, fun, do you want a little funny story too? So, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we're at we're in Regina. We're at the banquet. They're saying all these wonderful things about him. And I wrote, I he one of the things he used to do with us all the time was write poems, and I kind of inherited that thing. So I wrote a poem about him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so we got up and and, re- and we read it, and um, and then and then we were going to be presented. Uh, by Kate Caseness, Kateness, who's the president of World Curling Federation, right? Yep. And the, the award was in her suitcase, and it hadn't arrived. Oh no! So went, and it's a silver, it's a silver platter, right? Right. So she went into the kitchen and asked him to borrow <laughs> a silver plate so she could <laughs> send it to us. So that's what they did. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention sometimes. Absolutely. I got the I got the real one, you know, a couple of weeks later. She sent it to me in the mail, but it was pretty funny. Did you get to keep the other one? <laughs> no, we had to give it back to the kitchen. 
Fair enough. Fair. They yeah. probably needed it. They did. Yeah. <laughs> Marlene, thank you so much for your uh, time tonight. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. So that was my conversation with Marlene. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter accounts, which is the at symbol followed by kids curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by kids curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling. <laughs>